No, we're good. Happens sometimes with one of those repetitive songs. You're like, where are we? It's like Groundhog Day up in here. We just keep repeating. All right. So settle in, guys. We've got a fairly long passage. It's more than four verses, and that's usually my limit. So, all right. So the scripture today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 through 31a. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need for you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, given the greater honor to the inferior member, that they may, that may, they may be no dissension within the body. But the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are, are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But strive for the greater gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. The word of God for the people of God. Paul gets repetitive sometimes. When I was a kid, I used to take mechanical pens apart. For whatever reason, I would take these pens apart just to see if I could put it back together, to see if I could make it work like it was supposed to. I suppose the biggest reason was that it was a time before the Internet, and I had to have some sort of entertainment while I sat in the church office waiting for a parent to finish up a meeting. What I discovered about the pens 
as though I did not as though I did not understand exactly what each part did in particular. I did know that even if one part of the pen was missing, it would not work and could not work the way it was supposed to. Paul uses the body, use of the body is no different than using a pen. Each part has a function, and if any part is missing, the whole is rendered useless. The city of Corinth at one time was one of the biggest cities in Greece. With Athens and Sparta rounding out the top three, there was quite a lot of commerce that took place in Corinth. Much like 28th Street in Grand Rapids, if you can't find it in Corinth, Sparta, or Athens, you probably don't need it. Corinth at the time of Paul's letter to them was a city not much different than New York or Chicago. It had fallen into some destruction prior to the time of Julius Caesar, but shortly before he died, he was able to regain it for the Roman Empire. Since its refounding, it had become quite the metropolitan area. It was a place to prosper, a place to learn. Although Julius Caesar had originally populated it with freedmen and veterans, by the time Paul was in Corinth, some 100 years later or so, the city had become quite diverse. Jews, Gentiles, Greeks, Syrians, and Egyptians had all immigrated to the senatorial city of Corinth. Why do I use words I can't pronounce? It's the spirit, not me. The city was a big sports town, holding games much like the Olympics every two years that were widely attended, and there was much opportunity for civic advancement. While Paul was in Corinth, he equipped the people with the knowledge of Christ. He converted many people, mostly the poor, but a few elites as well. When Paul was with them, they felt confident in their abilities. They felt strong in the faith they had for Christ. They were committed to the cause and waited patiently for the coming of the Lord. But then Paul left the city and moved on to the next. He was in Ephesus when he received a letter from the Corinthians as they realized they did not know how to handle certain situations and circumstances. Their panic reminds me of the few first few days working alone in a new job. You spend several days or weeks training. You write notes. You ask questions. You learn how to do everything and feel confident in your skills. But then your trainer goes home, and you're left there all alone. And suddenly, you can't remember how to spell your own name, let alone the code to the safe. <laughs> you reach out, and, out to your trainer, much like the Corinthians did when they wrote to Paul. Paul wrote back to the people. The people were worried and upset in his absence. They were focused on the actions of others, the actions of those that did not understand the praise and power of Christ. Paul wanted to redirect their focus. He wanted wanted to remind them to be thankful for the grace and mercy of God and to stay focused on the praise and worship of Jesus Christ. He wanted to remind them that that he was thankful for them and the gifts they had to share. He reminded them that through their gifts of knowledge and speech, they could 
know a great many things and speak to a crowd better than just about anyone. But he also reminded them that these gifts were from God, as are all things. They were in a place waiting for Jesus to be revealed to them. The people of Corinth were waiting and looking for Christ to be revealed to them in their work. So often we read scripture and listen to sermons to gather information on how to handle ourselves in the world. The words of God have a lot to say about how we should treat the people we meet day, day to day, whether they're in our lives for years or just in passing. What sometimes gets forgotten is that the scriptures, especially the letters to the Corinthians, were often written on how to interact with each other, within the congregation, and other close-knit groups. Paul's use of the body to describe the work of the group can be used to help us understand how to work with people in our jobs and things of that nature. But at this point in his teaching, at this point in the Corinthians' learning, he was speaking about how they needed to work together amongst themselves for a greater success in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ beyond their walls. The use of the human body as a way to describe diversity is not something new, and it was not something new even in Paul's time. Just as the human body has many parts working together for the benefit of one, the eyes see, the ears hear, the feet allow balance, the thumbs allow us to grasp and text with the fury of a thousand bees. So the body of Christ needs each and every part in order to work properly. To recall bits from last week's sermon, which I'm sure you all remember perfectly, time moves at God's speed. Answers come in God's time. This creation, the whole thing, from smallest atom to the entire universe, was created by God to work together and for each other. God's creation is meant to be diverse. It is meant to have different people, different animals, different plants all working together to keep things moving smoothly and toward a common goal. The goal of the church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Much like one needs to take care of themselves before they're able to properly take care of others, a congregation must take care of themselves and make sure that they are working smoothly before it can ever expect to make an impact on the world around them. Churches need all kinds of people to make it work. It needs teachers. It needs people who are good with numbers. It needs people who are good at fixing things. A church needs musicians. It needs servers. A congregation cannot function without some of these kinds of people. And it works best when it has plenty to help out. It is here that our spiritual gifts can come out and be polished. It is here in this congregation that we can take a look around, ask what needs to be done, and see where we can help to make sure that this congregation runs as smoothly as it possibly can. It is a place where we can put the work of the gifts that God has bestowed on each of us so that we can fulfill the mission of the church, which is, again, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world.
I never was much of a salesperson during my years in retail. I was the employee that showed up for the paycheck and really didn't care if I sold thousands of dollars in polo shirts or dockers. It was really no skin off my nose whether the people opened a loyalty card or used coupons. I was there because in order to trade goods and services, I needed some greenbacks. Making an item seem like something a person could not live without is not something I have ever been good at. But that's no reason to not keep trying. You may be asking yourself where you can put your spiritual gifts to work in the church. You may be wondering how you can play a part in some of the workings of this congregation in order to keep it going and growing. Well, step right up, folks, because I'm here to tell you there is a spot here for you. In this church and in this congregation, there is a spot for you. There is a place where you can put your gift into practice. It is somewhat of a joke among many pastors and other administrators in the church, but the United Methodists especially have no end of committees. (laughs) If you work well with numbers, there's a committee for you. If you're good at fixing things or building things, there's a committee for you too. If you're good at hospitality and nurturing, hey, guess what? There's a committee for you. There's even a committee that gathers and talks about all the other committees. (laughs) Whether you are someone who likes to remain behind the scenes or get out there and let your voice be heard, there is a place for you in this congregation. Just as there is a place for you in the body of Christ, And as we strengthen this body of Christ, we can reach out and set out into a world that needs to know Christ. We can take the disciples that are made here in this church and go out and continue to create disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. What you have to bring to this table is something worthy. What you have within you, what God has given you, you, is something useful. And because it was given to you, it is something that only can be done the way that you would do it. There are a lot of people that can sing, but not everyone can harmonize like maybe you can. A lot of people can teach, but perhaps you have certain experiences that can help make the lesson clearer. Your gifts and your experiences make you who you are, and they make you the perfect fit for life in this congregation. This body needs your eyes and your ears. The arms of this congregation cannot reach the world around it if it doesn't have shoulders and elbows. Regardless of what's going on out there, there is work to be done here as well. To quote the original Pete's Dragon, there's room for everyone in this world if everyone makes some room. And there is room for everyone in this congregation. When we work together, when we have a common goal, when we see that that the true meaning of all of this is to worship, praise, and promote Jesus Christ, we can succeed beyond any expectation. Amen.